wonderful job the praise band has done today. And God is good. Are we ready, everybody, to go? I got a thumbs up for the Word of God today. I tell you, this morning as I was praying, knew I had been prayed for. Uh, heaven come down in the office and gave me a word. I had been studying last night, just thinking about the word. And this morning, God came with us the word. In Matthew chapter 16, in verse 13, you, matter of fact, if you've got a pen and paper at home there, wherever you're at, you may want to write down verses and see what God has in mind. I entitled the message today, and for the preacher men and leaders of churches, I, I've entitled the message today, The Church is Triumphant. I'm glad that I was raised in the old church. I'm glad I was raised in the church. When you came in, you could hear men in the back little paneling room on either side of the little choir that we had. You could hear them back there praying. Had the, had the pianos with the mirrors on it. My mother, she played the piano. She could see what I was doing wrong at, at all times. Sung in an old-fashioned way. When they sang, they raised hands toward heaven. They didn't mind shouting a little bit. Had old-fashioned altars that they could come and pray at. I, I'm so thankful for the old-fashioned way. Uh, and I want to let you know that the church is triumphant. The church is going to win. The church will never fail. That's the only thing that's going to win over everything. You can go on and rejoice in, in what the church is going to do. I'm thankful to be a part of the church. As I read these verses in Matthew chapter 16, it's going to have something to say about the church, and we're going to be preaching in that way today. Let me pray before I go any further. Lord, I thank you today, and I praise you today for just an opportunity. Lord, I seem to be the what I would think the last one that should be standing here today proclaiming your word. But Lord, I am so grateful to take the banner of salvation to take the banner of the blood of Jesus, to take the banner of a risen Savior that we can preach today and we can preach to all people saved and lost that maybe the saved folks are getting a little bit discouraged. Lord, they, they right at the end. And I, 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 thank, I, thank the, I thank you for the song we sang. Uh, it said, just hold on a little longer. Help's on the way. I believe in just any time. We're going to get to come back in. We're going to get to worship together. And I can't wait for that, that time. For the ones that are lost, I pray that your word would go to them today. And I pray that today that they would be on the, want to be on the winning side, the, on, the only side, the Jesus side, where he's already paid the price and we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we thank him, we praise you. Anything get done today, we'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. As we read in Matthew 16, 13, it says these words, and when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, Some say that there are John the Baptist, some say Elias, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, Jesus said, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt, shalt bind on earth shalt be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do, am I on and live right here? I've got a green light. I'm good. I, I got to thinking about that just in preaching. It ain't a big thing when you're just preaching to hear. I got thinking, I don't know if I flipped that switch or not, so we'll, we'll keep going. The question that I have for you today is, uh, who do you say that God is? I mean, in our mind, if we was a lost person and say, who do you say that Jesus is? That was the one that was asking the question. Who, who do you say that Jesus is? I, I think probably anybody would say, well, I, I think him to be a, a good guy. I don't know much about it, but I, I've heard about this Jesus, and I, I think at least I can say he was a good man. He, he went around doing good for people. You would be right in saying that. He was a good man. Matter of fact, he was the only one that is good. The Bible said there's none good. Sometime you'll hear about somebody. They'll be talking about somebody, and they'll say they ain't nothing either. They ain't nothing. You know what? We ain't nothing apart from the blood of Jesus and his grace and his mercy. So they would be right to say that he was a good man. But he's much more than a good man. He's a savior of the world. He come to take away the sins of the world. And so what does Scripture say about this man, Jesus? It's several names for the name Jesus. As we look at it, we know that he, he, he is called the lily of the valley. If I had time to preach on that, I could just preach a message how, how that Jesus in all of my life, Renee and Jalen and, and Kaylee and Sarah and Houston and Austin, I, I, I could just say so many times in so many valleys that he's went through, whether it be a death in my family, whether it be a tragedy of some kind, I've never seen it, but God would just come in and that deep, dark valley you would be in, he would be the lily of the valley. He would be that thing maybe in a, in a place that if I could describe it, where people and and a turmoil is going on. Maybe there's a little friction going on with somebody, but a little baby, a brand new baby that nobody's got a chance to see yet, you can bring that baby into the room and he would change the whole room. That's the way Jesus is. When you bring Jesus into the situation that, that you have, he changes the whole room because he, he holds the whole world in his hand. I wish I had time to tell you what my son-in-law has sent me, uh, it, it depends on whose hands you in. And, uh, and he sent me that video, and he, uh, the first off in the video it was about a, a guy was holding a basketball. He said, what is this basketball worth? And he said, in my hand, it's not worth much. Uh, $15 would buy about any basketball to $20. He said, but put that hand in a professional ball player, basketball player, and it's worth a whole lot of money. And then he maybe he had a, a football and he was saying, you know, what's this football worth in my hands? It's not worth much at all. But, but, but just, you know, put it in Peyton Manning's hands and what is it worth? Millions and millions of dollars. Same thing with a golf club. I and mean, you could find a golfer and you could say, what's it worth to you? You can buy the golf club maybe for $50. I don't know much about it, but then what's it worth? Then it got down to two nails. What is two nails worth? 
What, is, what will two nails be worth? And maybe you could tie something together with just two nails. You could hold something. It would be, sometimes it's been with two nails would be valuable to me. I was glad to find the two nails. But what about the two nails that Jesus that was drove in his hand? Them, them, them nails, they, they was worth all of mankind. They was worth all the sins of the world. Those nails with the love of Jesus that they used so he could give his life freely. What, what was they worth in the hands of Jesus? They was worth everything. And so as we come today, we think about, yes, who is, who is Jesus? He's the lily of the valley, the great I am. I could go on the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The bright and morning star, the great physician. We think about in times like this with the, with the virus going on. Let me tell you something. We've got coronavirus, but since world began, we've had a virus. It's been called a sin virus. It's much, much greater. The Bible says don't fear the one that can destroy your body. Don't fear the thing that can control your body, but your body and your soul. I come to tell you, lest you've forgotten, this life is not is not it. The Bible said it's just a vapor. It's just here for a moment and then it's gone. But what about eternity when you leave this world? Listen to me. If you're just not normal to come to church, but you're listening by another way this month, listen to me. There is an eternal destination that you're going to go and you're going to stay in that place forever and ever and ever. You don't have no worries if you'll just cast all your cares upon the Lord today. He'll care for you. You don't have to worry about what I said is being bad. You think, Fred, I'm going to bring up hell, but I want to bring up heaven to you. He's gone to prepare a place for you. The Bible said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You've got a heaven. God has prepared a place for you. You've got no reason to miss it today. Just call upon the Lord and he'll save you today. He's a great physician. He's the beautiful Rose of Sharon. But most of all, he's the savior of the world. And what God gave me today to preach today, what, what he spoke into my spirit is to preach to you about two things that you can count on. You need two things that you can count on. You can't count on a man other than Jesus. You can't count on man, man of change. I'll change. You sure can't count on me. You can't count on no one else. Matter of fact, I believe if you read the scriptures, the scripture would tell you not to count on any man. Don't put your trust in any man. Put your trust in the one, the only one that you can trust, and that's Jesus. The two things that I want to preach to you today about is the word of God is the first thing you can count on. And we can't, I don't need to be different. I don't know how many denominations there are in the world, but I can't, I can't imagine if you're a denomination, you say, well, I disagree with Brother Eddie. I disagree. How foolish for him to say that you cannot count on the word of God. I tell you, you can count on the word of God. The Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word is going to last forever. It'll always be there. I'm going to tell you the reason why you can count on the word of God. If you'll go to Hebrews chapter 4, I want us just to read a few things here if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Good gracious. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to read some scripture about the word. Here's what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says. It said the word of God is quick. It's quick. I tell you one thing, that word of God, 
When you read it, Renee, you were talking about you looked up that scripture this morning. It was on the sign down here. She drove out of the driveway. She was sitting in her truck and, and she read that scripture. I was waiting at the door to let them in. And she looked at me. She looked like Moses had come off the mountain. She said, man, man, already just reading that scripture had penetrated her heart. I mean, all she needed was the wind was blowing. Like, all she needed was her hair just sticking straight up. If you can get a picture of Moses coming off that mountain where the glory of God was all over it. I mean, it had penetrated her heart. She could not give me enough explanations for what the word of God says. I'm going to tell you something. You can be in the deepest darkest place of your life. You can read some scripture. You can find your verse. And I'm telling you, it can come to you. It will bring more comfort to you. It will bring more understanding to you. Those things that are in your way, those things that has brought fear to your life. All of a sudden, there's no fear. Why? Why? Because it's quick. I'm talking about it will take an effect. I have kidney stones. And I thank God I ain't had one in a while. But them things hurt and they hurt bad. And I, I have drove, and I remember leaving from Batesville, Mississippi, with horses coming home. And I asked my daughter, what have I got to do? What have I got to have at the hospital when I get there? And I remember getting in there, and, and the man that was working on me that was a nurse, he, he told me, he said, Brother Eddie, I've had them too, and I, just as soon as we can find some blood there in your urine, we're going to make sure we can get you some relief. But they had to give me, I thought maybe uh, morphine would, would help anything. I think about morphine. I Man, that's... Uh, that's, that, that's powerful stuff. But it would not help the pain. He would tell me, he would ask me the question, are you still in pain? Are you still, are you still hurting? I said, man, it's killing me. He said, I can tell. And so he said, I'm gonna have to give you something else. Two powerful message, two medicines. But I was so glad when it finally took effect. Man, I got some ease. But I tell you one thing, that's an ease to come and another can come. But I tell you what, when the word of God comes to you and it lets you know that Jesus went and died for you, it come to forgive you your sins, it come to prepare you a place in heaven, it come to tell you, listen, man, it don't make no difference. You know, oh, death, where's our sting? Oh, grave, where's our victory? Even when death comes, if I've been able to stand right here, and been able to celebrate my dad's home going and my mother's home going. I can say neither place with my mother and daddy that I sat there and said, man, boy, dad's got a big sting. No, I was happy for both of them. I was rejoicing for both of them. The Bible says that's what we should do. We should rejoice when someone, a saint of God has come and has accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior. So the Bible says the word of God is quick. It's quick to remind you. It's quick as we are going to be getting ready uh, not long from now to come into the uh, Lord's house and worship. It ought to be quick. The Word of God ought to be quick. What we need to do is we need to enter into His gates with praise and worship. We should not bring anything worthy in here. No kind of construction question, farming question, roofing question, whatever it may be, whatever the outside, we should leave it outside of doors. We should come in here with one thing on our mind, and that is to worship God. The Word of God is quick. You can count on the Word. You can count on God's Word. It's quick. It's powerful. Oh, my Word. It's so powerful. There have been times that I would just think, man, I just, well, it's just, I didn't know, I just don't know. I just don't know. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there I was maybe down and discouraged for a few moments. 
I don't know, could be a day, could be a week. I'm not, whatever I've got flesh on me too. I just didn't go to God's word when I needed to. Didn't, didn't trust in the Lord with all my, just, just failed. Just, just kind of let the world get you down. Then all of a sudden the word of God would speak to me. Let not your heart be troubled. Me, he, he'd come to me and he, he'd let me know when, Eddie, when, when you're weak, when you got to a place you said, Lord, I, I can't handle it. I'm just a weak vessel and I can't have, handle it. The Bible said, then, then when you're weak, he said, then I am strong. Oh, he's a powerful God today. He, he is. You can count on God's word because it's sharp and, and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, and when I, when I look at that word sharper, uh, yeah, it'll cut you. Oh, my word, when you're doing wrong, I, I think sometime when I preach and and I think, man, that, that's applying to me more than anybody. And I thought, whoo, that cut me. I don't know if I need to preach that no more. It seemed like that, that cut me. But when I think about that word sharper, man, it's sharper than anything you can find. It, it, it'll, it'll get right on the business, piercing even to the divider, sunder of the soul and spirit. It will, it will go into a place, the joints and the marrow. Look, at it will go into that place. And this last thing that I love more than anything about the word, and you can count on the word, it's a discerner. Man, it'll search out the problem. It'll search out the problem. When we get sick, when we go to the physician, we, we think, man, can, you think you're going to be able to find out what the situation is. I'm going to tell you about the Word of God. It'll go and it'll discern that thing. It'll find that thing. It'll find what the intent of that thing to do. And if we don't get that out, what it's going to do, it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. I thank God for the Word of God today and I thank God for what it, what it means to us and we can count on the Word. The two things you can count on is the Word of God. I mean, you can stand on it. It's, it's sure. It's sure it won't pass. It, it will never pass. I mean, if... If the whole world just burn up, if the whole world was destroyed, it said heaven and earth will pass away. But we're so grateful today that we can have the Word of God. Well, Brother Eddie, what is the other thing? What is the other thing? What's the other thing that can't be done away with? Well, the other thing that can't be done away with is the church. The church won't be done away with as we go back to our, our scriptures after he done, he, done asked, uh, he done asked Peter, who, the, who do you say that I am, Peter? And he came to him in verse 16 and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We've already been out and we can count on the Word of God. I'm going to tell you something else we can count on. We can count on the church. Uh, the church, you know what? The church, anybody that's doing anything good, Man, I was doing a job the other day, and I rolled right in there, and I needed to get that electrician started, and I was putting in some of these, some of these can lights, and it's a remodel job, and, and I, I, what I had to do first, I had to find a stud, and so I found the stud on one side of the ceiling joist, and when I got to the other end, I was just trying to make sure that the can was going to be, go between the ceiling joists. Well, what I did, I popped the line. It was just as crooked. It went from one ceiling joist to the other ceiling joist. It was just as crooked as it could be. And, I, and my, my brother, he kind of looked at it, and I, I said, no, we done measured, that's what it is. Before I knew it, I done, I done drilled four beautiful round six-inch holes in the midst of that ceiling with sheetrock already up. And I said, that show is, let's measure it again. I mean, I, I done hit a ceiling joist. I done did the very thing that I shouldn't. I done hit a ceiling joist on one end, and the one on the other end on the opposite side. I said, man, this is so wrong. 
I said, let's pump a line again. And so anyway, I guess maybe I went to a wrong mark. Now I got two marks up there. I popped another line. And for long, I, I popped another line. And so now I've got three lines. And I mean, you, I mean, you walk into that room, you get a loser. Like, I don't even know what's straight anymore. I got all these lines and I crossed up. And so anyway, finally I had to get it right. And I had to drill other holes. And so now I've got like five, four or five holes, whatever, but I got another hole here. Then I've got a hole that's half that hole. I'm talking about I had a mess. I couldn't wait. Thank the Lord I had some sheetrock mud and I had some tape with me. And what I had to do, I had to go back and fill in them holes, half of a hole, whatever. I couldn't wait. I was scraping off ceiling and I couldn't wait to get it straightened out and I got it all covered up and I couldn't wait to get those extra lines and I was telling Heath and Daryl to help me, let's scrape off all these lines. Ben, we done fixed the holes. We still got these lines crossed and people gonna walk in the house and they're gonna say, what kind of mess is that? I mean, it looked like one of them movies you'd say where they're going to get this diamond and they're trying to get these laser things. I mean, it was just a spider web. And I couldn't wait to get them lines scraped off. And you know what? When you walk in there now and you see that, that's been fixed. It's been took care of. The mistake is not there anymore. But you know what? When we sin before God and we've sinned, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, we can scrape, we can rub, we can do whatever we want to do, but we just, we just cannot... We cannot, we cannot seem to get it done right. And in the church, we're here. We gather here every Sunday morning. Just because we're the church body, just because we're come here, we've got flesh on us. We, we not only make mistakes in construction and measuring, but not only that, we just make mistakes every day of our life. I love 1 John 1, 9. It says, if you confess your sins before God, he's faithful and just to forgive you. I wanted to preach about that holy unction that we've got from the Holy One, I, I'm glad to know that I've got, when I stand before the Father, I've got Jesus as my advocate, and, and he's going to go back to a 27-year-old experience that I had with the Holy Ghost, and it saved me. And he's going to say, man, he was a long ways from perfect, but he realized he didn't get in on his blood. He didn't get on his mom and daddy's blood, but he got in on the blood of Jesus. He trusted the blood of Jesus to forgive him his sin. So what is that other thing, the church? You can stand on God's word. You, you can count on God's word. You can nowhere. It will never lead you wrong. God's word will never lead you wrong. It will bring comfort to you. But the other thing you can stand on is you can stand on God's word. Oh, man, the church, it goes through some battle scars. Man, as a pastor, not only me, I make a lot of mistakes my own self, but I preach conviction. I preach the Bible said, be holy as I'm holy. We preach that way. We, Paul said, I press toward the mark of the higher calling. We, we know that we need to present ourselves every day, every day. We need to present ourselves holy and acceptable before God, and, and that's what we need to do. That's the mark that we need to be striving for. And I, and I realize there may be some people think that they all that. Well, let me tell you a scripture the Bible says. The Bible said, he that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. The only difference between me now and when I was lost and not knowing God is, is the grace of God. It's just God's grace that's just holding me and protecting me and taking care of me and his mercy that's paid my sin debt. What is it? Battle scars in the church. Churches, the church folk make mistakes. 
You've got your way. If you're out there and you, you're a lost person, you say, well, I, I'd go to church, but I think I need to get right first. We, we're not right. Jesus is right. We're casting all of our cares upon the Lord, battle scars that the church has gone through. I've seen churches that was powerful in, in, in a time, and sometimes I've been by there and ain't been but two cars. It'd be two or three cars, that little church. It used to be so vibrant. And then, then give it a while, and it won't be long. I go by there, and they'll have a lot of cars there. And I said, man, it's going on. Peter was asked a question. He said, who, who do you say that I am? And, uh, and he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You're, 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 the, you're the one. You come to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to thee. That's not what, what believe, but the Father which is in heaven. And here's what he said to him about the church. He said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to tell you something, two things you can count on. You can count on God's word, and you can count on the church being there. He's coming back for the church. The Bible calls the church his bride, and he's coming back for his bride. There's no way that there's not going to be a bride. There's been a lot of people, and I, 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 I don't like this kind of preaching. I, you know, they can say, man, I'm concerned about people that's in the church that call themselves Christians, and they could do that, and I'm concerned what will happen to them. But I'm going to tell you something, Katie. There's no concern when you talk about the church. I'm not worried about the church. The church is going to be here when God comes and splits those eastern skies wide open. He comes back for his church, his bride. He's going to come back, and he's going to get them. You can count on the church. And I, I ask you today, do you want to be a part of the church? And I, I love that scripture, the 19th verse. Be a part of the church. Be a part of the church that's powerful. Be a part of the church that's getting things done. It says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. My word, didn't when the Holy Ghost of God, when he saved us, didn't he give you some keys? I got a key here to the church. It's a key to this building that I can get in, a key. But I'm going to tell you something. When God saved me and he filled me with the Holy Ghost, my word, when I, when, I would, when, I, when I would get to a place, and many times I do, when the world is up on me and the world's attacking me, I'm like, man, wait a minute. Man, let me just unlock a little truth. Let me just unlock, look here, the, let me just unlock my mind a little bit and knowing that, that God knew that I was never going to be all that. The Bible said that work that he began in you, he'll, he'll, he'll complete at that day of redemption. You know, it's good to have a key that you can unlock things. And when, you're, when you need comforted, it's, a, it's good to have a key that you can unlock God's word. You can unlock God's promises. But see, without this key, you're bound. You're just tied up and you're just bound. You're just, you're just bound. I love the song we sang, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. You're just bound. You're just tied up. You don't realize you are because in the world's eyes, you got it going on. In the world's eyes, you're the king. In the world's eyes, you, you're the one that brings fun to the party. But when life comes, when life comes, and so many funerals I go to, and they there, and when God's word is that, that will never pass away, it's wanting to comfort them. You know what? They don't, they don't have no key. 
They don't have nothing to unlock it. And I'll see people go by them and they'll have a little bottle of water. They'll have a little pill from them taking that. They'll take that pill and they'll put it in the mouth. They'll put some water in the mouth. It won't be long. They'll be sitting there like a zombie. And the word of God can't, can't help them. Look at that verse right there. It said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and, thou, and, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. When you come and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I, I, bind, I, I bind Satan from my life. I bind my mind loose from him that, that he will not be able to lie to me anymore. Lord, I, I, I want you to just bind, bind hell from me right now. You can bind it and you can, you can get that done. But whatever you bind, well, shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. See, when you don't have the keys, when you don't have scripture, you, when you don't have God's word that will never pass away, you're bound. You, you, don't, you, don't have no, you don't have the combination to be able to get where you need to be. You know what scripture says about things uh, in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 7, it, it says these words. It said, ask and it shall be given to you. Ain't that a good key? Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. So what we're trying to say is the, the word of God is the key for us to get to where we need to be. You know, I, I had another verse right there that uh, it, it said these words in verse 6 of of Matthew chapter 7. I wonder, it says, Give not that which is holy to the dogs, neither cast ye the pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn and rend you again. Don't go to somewhere for an answer that don't have the answer to you. There's only two more verses. I hope you can stay with me that I want us to read if I can find these verses. And it's in Titus chapter 2. If I can find that, i got to find Timothy. I know it's right there close to it uh, in Timothy. Uh, Titus chapter 2. I, I want to read these verses. Chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. The Bible says we'll stand before the Lord without an excuse. You can count on God's word and you can count on the church teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us himself, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. As we look at the next chapter in verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 4, the last verses I want to say to you in verse 4 as we read, is, well, verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Oh, remember when you was lost. When you're trying to help someone, you're trying to explain God's word to someone, don't forget one, one day that you was foolish, disobedient, deceived, we was deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice. Ain't you amazed that you're saved today anyway? 
Don't you some days just be so grateful? Man, I'm just so grateful that I'm, that I'm saved. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Oh, man. But after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness that we done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you know about the Holy Ghost of God, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He just didn't give us a dab. I remember there was a little Copenhagen uh, and uh, and my uncle, he was a preacher. He loved preaching. He, he wasn't big on singing, but he said, that singing's all right. He said, but it's like that stuff, just a dab will do me. I love singing. You better get used to singing because in heaven, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be singing. I would ask the question, would you want to join the church as Kaylee comes to play the piano for an invitation? Wouldn't you want to join the people that he's coming back for? You might would say, well, now, Brother Eddie, I, I think I'm okay just staying home. No, because Scripture's going to tell us, no, you don't forsake. You don't forsake that. And uh, that, that might be all right for a little people, but a, a little small group of folks. Uh, but they're wrong. They're just so wrong. I, I, I can't wait till I look over here loud and, and uh, came by the house in Cheyenne the other night. I, I can't wait till I look over here and, and I see all that too much going into the third row on Wednesday night, those youth sitting here, Ed and Rebecca, Sharon and Wayne, Sister Connie, so many more sit on this side over here and Debbie and Ray on Sunday morning. Man, I can just go all through all these seats and I can just see you. I, I look up here and I'm, I'm looking at empty seats. Some people say they took pictures, you know, and they, they had their pictures where I could see. We thought about it doing that, but I, I know where you sit. I, I know where you sit. I know, I know where you are. All that won't be long. We'll be together. All that first Sunday, we're going to meet. We're going to get together. I guarantee you it's going to be a Jericho march. Man, we're going to march around this place. We're going to be happy. There's going to be people at these old-fashioned altars. They're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for miracles again. Our faith's going to be stronger than it's ever been. There's going to be more healing than it's ever been. There's going to be more miracles than it's ever been. If you're going to a church somewhere and saying, but we don't believe in miracles anymore, I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, my word never changes. I'm going to tell you something. You can count on God's word. You can count on church. Church is going to be here. Lord, I pray today for that person that's lost. Lost, Lord, they, they headed in the wrong direction. Oh, Lord, only one thing, they know who you are. They know that you're the Savior of the world. They know exactly who you are. They know that you'll forgive them. Lord, I've got somebody on my mind right now that I went to the house one time. and Lord, I, I should have went all by myself. I believe it was a time that person was ready to give his life to Jesus. I pray for him daily. He may be listening today. But I'm going to tell you something. God's knocking at your door today. He's knocking at your door today. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll just open that door and let me come in there. That's all you got to do. Just open that door and let me come in. Don't you worry about being a good person. You can't be good. There's no way you can be good. You, there's no good in us and none of us. 
He said, well, let me come in. And little by little, just little by little, little by little, little by little, I'm going to work on you and I'm going to get things better. And then one day when you stand before the Lord, he said, I'll make it complete. Give your life to Jesus today. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. You can stand on God's word and you need to be a part of the church because he's coming back for the church. We love you. Church, I hope, won't be long. We're going to see you. We're going to be back together. I, I, man, I, I just pray for any time we're going to be able to open these doors back up and be together. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God's good.